0: Well, welcome everybody to the Anything But Typical podcast, and we're here with Landon Eccles, Anything But Typical Entrepreneur. <laughs> I cannot wait to go into your story. But before we go into your accolades and your experience and et cetera, we're gonna start with the, more of a question about your why. And so here's the scenario. Okay. You and Kat are enjoying a dinner somewhere at your favorite restaurant, incognito, not wearing clean juice apparel necessarily, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you overhear somebody that you know and respect, and they're talking about you, and they don't know that you are within earshot. What is it that you would love to have them say about you?
1: It's a really good question. Um, you know, I, for me, it's it's less about what they would say about me, and more what we're doing at Clean Juice. You know, mm. I. I think there's a lot of ceos you know that really care about being in the spotlight and building a personal brand you know i don't want to build a personal brand i mm-hmm. want to build this brand um, so what i would hope that they would say is that clean juice is just doing incredible things um, you know we're the first to bring a certified organic food concept to franchising right so like if you think about there's four thousand different franchise or concepts out there and we're the first to bring a, a truly clean, healthy, certified organic, you know, sure. transparent menu to to this industry. And so, when you think about anything but typical, right? No one's done that before. Right. So it's right. definitely not typical. I think that's the definition yeah. of anything, <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. So, you know, I would just hope that you know they would appreciate mm-hmm. um, that we are doing something differently, um, and that you know, first and foremost, we we put our guests number one, right? Like. Yeah. A lot of companies put profits number one. Um, We don't believe in putting profits number one. We believe in doing a lot of really great things to improve the lives of our employees and our guests to then make profit, right? We believe in profit. We like profit. Profit keeps the lights on and keeps people paid and keeps, Mm -hmm. you know, roofs over families' heads. But we believe that we can do a lot of good and make a lot of change to to make those profits. So I would just hope that they would... You know have a really um good appreciation for what we're doing um that it's challenging uh but hopefully in the end it's all gonna be worth it perfect i yeah, think I that's love great it. so now we can give everybody a, a little bit of the background for you so so you
2: and kat founded clean juice in 2015 and yep. and we're going to talk a lot of the growth and how quickly it's happened right because we're looking at five almost five years or five plus years and you're already at 92 locations with over 40 more in development, and you're in what, 23 states? That's right. That's In in that short span to go in that franchising model, especially something that nobody's ever done, it's incredibly fast and incredibly successful. So you've also been part of founding other companies that we'll dive into your background a bit. And then you and Kat co-host the podcast Be Organic, yep. and it's focusing on nutrition, lifestyle, wellness practices to help people live organically. Mm-hmm. And I love that you're creating content around your brand, because people are going to reach you in different rip- in different ways, right? Absolutely. So they're going to drive by a, a Clean Juice and and go in and experience it that way for the first time, or you'll have people that you'll have people that are able to stumble upon a podcast and, and really learn what's behind the brand of Clean Juice. Right. And that also ties into your why of what you were saying earlier, right? You want people talking about the brand, Absolutely. not necessarily about you. That's so right. So I think that's fantastic. So let's jump in here. You you co-founded a, a business in 2005, right? And you were in college still or, or yep. right out? Yeah, I was in I college. That's yeah. what I thought. Um, so we definitely have that that similarity. So I understand <laughs> some of those struggles, but... Where did that desire to own and run a company come from?
1: You know, that's a good question. Like, I can remember, you know, as a kid, you know a lot of a lot of kids think about a career path you know they think about oh i want to be a doctor or i want to be a veterinarian or i want to be you know an accountant or you know they have all these mm-hmm. and maybe no one says they want to be an accountant i love accountants <laughs> but i would never say i want to be an accountant uh, for, for all you finance guys out there i have a lot of respect for you because i would could not do your job um, but you know there's a lot of you know i think kids nowadays are just trained to think like yeah, I want this job, you know? And for yeah. me, it was like, I never wanted a job. I wanted to own a business. Like mm. that was always my, like I can just remember like, you know, at a young age, like walking, you know, down, you know, down into my town and just like looking at all the retail places. I'm like, this is so cool. Like, you know, there's <laughs> these businesses out there and they're they're open to the public. And I just I just like was always kind of enamored by that, you know? And so my dad, he, uh, he um, always owned his own small businesses, uh, much different than what I do, he was in uh, pool construction uh, in Arizona. Okay. So first he got into pool cleaning, and then he got into pool construction, and they were always his own businesses. So, yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it's in the blood or just you know, um, but I just can remember from a, from a young age always wanting to kind of do my own thing. Yeah. And it wasn't that I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't care about the boss. Like everyone says, oh, I want to, you know, open my business. So I don't have to work for a boss. Like it wasn't that as much mm-hmm. for me. It was more that I just. You know, I wanted to I just thought it was really cool that people open their own businesses and that, you know, customers come in and they're all in the community. And I just I don't know. I just like loved that aspect. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I'm sure growing up and seeing what your father did as well and having him be a business owner, business leader, you can you almost want to emulate something like that. Right. And so to see that and then see everybody else in in the communities, it's interesting that that happened at such an early age for you. Yeah. Yeah. what, let's talk what that first business
1: was okay um and then we'll talk about why so um that first business was a business called rock service and rock service was a uh, a company that i co-founded with uh family members so my brother my cousins my uncle my uncle was really the one that kind of like put it all together for <laughs> okay. us knuckleheads and you know so it was actually it was up in new york and it was it was a super cool business for, you know, a bunch of teenagers to be running. Of course. Uh, he bought a, uh, my uncle bought this, it was the, the biggest uh, wood mill that you could buy that would actually pull behind a, a truck, like portable wood mill, right? Yep. So mm. we would, you know, my uncle's a wild man. I love him. He's, he's <laughs> an incredible man. But he would, uh, he would, we would go into the forest and we would pull out these massive dead trees and we would saw them up and we would mill them. And then we would make um, we would make sheds out of them and sell them to all of his wealthy neighbors <laughs> up in New York. So it was actually it was pretty lucrative. Um, you know, it was a ton of hard work. It was a ton of fun because it was all family and friends, and yeah. we were you know just a bunch of young dumb kids just you figuring know, it out, yeah, throwing nails in the wood and just you know having an incredible time. Um, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, and it definitely kind of opened my eyes, you know, to uh, to what it could be like to, to run a, you know, not just a, a small business but a family business. Yeah. yeah. What are a couple of those big lessons or takeaways,
2: right? Because especially being a teenager running a business for the first time, there's going to be hurdles. There's
1: going to be mistakes. So what yeah. were a
2: couple of those lessons?
1: Well, you know, it was a summer business, so it was seasonal. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to, you know, work really, really hard and sell stuff in a very short amount of time to hopefully, you know, the goal was, my uncle's goal was, hey, I want you guys to have this summer job so that your expenses are covered, you know, for the next year mm. into into college. So okay. for me, the challenge was always spending <laughs> the income I had made like within the first month, right? Like, hey, uncle, we gotta build <laughs> some more tree houses because I've already spent all my money. <laughs> um, again, back to the whole financing, right? Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, I think that number one, working with family is hard, Um, Mm -hmm. even at a young age, like even doing something that's super fun and obviously not a whole lot of pressure, like working with family is challenging. Um, But I think it's challenging because ego gets in the way and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, people are just so like a lot of people, they can't, you know. They hear someone else's opinion, and if it differs from theirs, they just kind of shut off what they have to say. And mm-hmm. from a young age, it's like you're a teenager. It's like you think you know everything, right? And you can't be told what to do. So, you know, um, we had a lot of fun. You know, I wouldn't say there were too many challenges, but it definitely kind of, like, was the first thing that opened my eyes to what it could be like to work with family. And clearly, I still work with family today. So, you right. know, everything went all right. But um, I would say it was more it was more fun than anything. <laughs> yeah. No, that's,
2: that's interesting. Um, let's now bring us bring all the listeners up closer to where we are today right so uh and we'll definitely hit on on the working with family uh piece for sure but what
1: prompted you and Kat to actually start clean juice so what prompted us to start clean juice big you know kind of fast forward um in uh, 2012, um, I actually went back to work with kind of the same family group, you know, after I had gra- had gone through and, and graduated school. Um, Was that the Global Investment Group? Yes, okay. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So after college, I actually got into pharmaceuticals and I did that for about five years. Um, and I didn't love kind of corporate America, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was really challenging in a lot of ways, and I wanted to get back to kind of running a small business with my family. So yes, it was a boutique global investment firm, but it was still, you know, relatively small company. Um, It was global because we were practicing uh, mostly in Asia. So helping to, you know, build funds and real estate um, in Asia, which was, really cool in the beginning but just you know the travel was super super intense yeah, of course. but it was it was kind of cool because it was back to my uncle's vision of kind of building a business for his uh for his sons you know my cousins were all like the same age um and that we could kind of grow into together um for me It was really challenging because I was the only one out of the group that was married. And so Hmm. my cousins and my brother could travel a lot and they didn't have any, you know, no responsibilities at home, right? Right. I was the exact opposite. So it was really hard for me to try to keep up with them while also trying to keep like a schedule that made sense for my family. Mm -hmm. And I was just, I was just gone way too much. Like my wife and I, we got married young, we got married in college. Uh, we had our first kid in college. Um, so, you know, I've been a dad for 13 years now. I'm only 35. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I've had a, I've had a family for quite some time. And so, you know, was j- there was just a big difference between, you know, um, being able to work with them in the, you know, kind of schedule and the travel schedule that they had versus what I needed to give to my family. And after a couple of years, we just decided that it couldn't work anymore. Um, so Kat and I, you know, still passionate about small business, still passionate about owning our own thing. Um, wanted to open something, but really the the thought of clean juice and where it came from was was really from her. You know, she's our, she her title is chief branding officer, but she's really our our co-founder. I'm actually looking at her right now through through the glass. <laughs> um, but she, um, you know, it it really came from her. She started juicing and making smoothies when our our daughter was born. Um, so mm-hmm. 13 years ago, and it was really out of like this epiphany, like I need to change my lifestyle. Like at that time, like we didn't care at all about what we were eating, you know, it just didn't matter. But she thought, you know, if I clean up the diet, hopefully I can live a longer life for my kid. Mm -hmm. And so that's really where the passion came from. And, you know, after 13 years of just studying and, um, you know, making product at home, uh, Katz now has a, you know, a, a health coach degree. Um, She just is super passionate about it, and when we decided that we wanted to open our own thing, we knew we wanted to open something that was gonna benefit our community, something different, you know? Um, We actually had looked around at maybe opening a franchise, because franchising is great because you get the playbook, right, and you get the brand, and you get everything, but it's still your business, so it's a really beautiful model if it's done the right way. Um, But we just couldn't find anything out there that would fit into what we wanted it to be, and so, you know, I'll never forget, you know, she said, yeah, we can open, you know, one of these other concepts, but I'm probably never going to eat or drink what we serve. Mm. And I said, well, oh. that's super weird. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. we're, I would never do that. Like, if you're not going to consume it, why would I serve it to, you know, to, to our guests? That just mean, doesn't I mean, make sense how could you have conviction behind it? Either, right? right, exactly. hundred yeah. percent. Like, how could you be passionate about something you're not consuming yourself? Yeah. So that's when we went on this crazy, you know, year-long journey of creating the brand of Clean Juice. So that was in the summer of 2014. Uh, we were up in the Northeast because that's where kind of our previous um, career had had taken us, and that's where my family was. And so we decided to move down here to Charlotte because uh, we just love this area. Mm-hmm. My, I had family, I had other family members down here, and we just got to know this area over the past 15 years and just really, really fell in love with it. Um, fell in love with Lake Norman and just fell in love with everything that Charlotte really has to offer growing city, you know, you guys know the drill. Season mm-hmm. like we get the seasonality but it's like barely <laughs> right? yeah. like like the the um the summer we moved down here, the previous winter we had like 100 inches of snow in Pennsylvania and cat like was miserable. You but, know, mm-hmm. so she's like she still wanted the leaves to drop in fall, but you know, she didn't want a hundred inches of snow. She wanted like one one hundredth of an <laughs> right, inch of right. snow. You know, just to say that we've done it. Yeah. So, well, you're in a, the right spot. That's exactly what we got in. Charlotte. We shut down school for two days <laughs> yeah. because we got one one hundredth of yeah, an inch last exactly. week. <laughs> Over a little rain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, it was really out of a desire of, you know, wanting to create something healthy, um, knowing that, you know, we're both passionate about business, and, um, you know, we went on a year long journey of no income coming in you know Mm. creating a brand and uh, going from there.
0: You know one of the things that has always struck me about you Landon is you're very intentional and uh, you seem to be very purpose driven and have a pretty you know firm grasp on your why. Can you talk a little bit more about that? I mean you've been kind of exuding that a little bit already but
1: I'd like to know a little more. Yep so um, you know back kind of from going back to that summer, you know, it was uh, a lot of things took place. So for me, it was, you know, quit the quit the job with the family because the travel was too tough. Um, I was also pretty far from God at that point, you know, Mm -hmm. so that was a, you know, summer that I, I dedicated my life to Christ. Mm -hmm. And um, I knew that I, you know, wanted to do something ultimately that would glorify him. And I wanted to do something that I felt was a calling on on my life from him. And so it took a lot of time to kind of figure out what that was. Um, but you know, that's really my why, you know, Mm -hmm. that's really my why. And I, and God placed this vision on, you know, it was really like kind of the idea was cat's heart, but you know, of like actually the business itself, but he really placed it on both of us, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, we believe that this is, it's much bigger than us. We believe that, you know, we have this opportunity to see through a calling that's been placed on our lives and that's really where that intensity comes from. Um, and sometimes people can mistake, you know, intensity for, you know, meanness or, you know, yeah. you know, but they can mistake, you know, focus for, you know, um, somebody like, you know, really drilling into what they're doing, but it, it's all kind of back to what you said. It's, it's more of an intentionality and a focus than it is anything else. So
0: go a little bit deeper on that because listen, man, I've been brotherized by, Christians and I am one, right? Yep. But, but I've been burned the most probably by people that say stuff but then act another way. Yeah. And and that's always a, a tough thing, especially when you throw that out there, yep. you know, when you say, hey, well, this is what I'm about. And then it's like every one of your shortcomings gets thrown back in your face. Sure. Talk to me how, like, I think that's beautiful. And I love the fact that you guys are driven by organic, you know, something that's good for you. I mean, it it, it is a testimony of your stewardship, you Mm -hmm. know, of what we've been given our bodies, et cetera. Talk to me a little bit more about that and how the culture of clean juice and and the employees and the people that are drawn to the franchising model, Mm -hmm. um, how does that all fit with that? Because I'm assuming that not everybody necessarily espouses and, you know, believes like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a follower of
1: Christ. Right. Right. But talk to me a little more about that. First I think we would be doing ourselves and our, you know, any current owners a big disservice if we didn't tell them who we are upfront, right? Like when we send them, we send them something called our our Franchise Overview Report and it's basically a 40 page document about what, what the business is and you know the first two pages you're going to read about kind of how the business was founded and our core values which are all biblically based you're going to read about our mission statement which is from three john one two Dear friend i hope all is well with you and that you're as healthy and body as you are strong in spirit mm-hmm. right like th- they're reading about you know who we are and what we want to create out there um so we're we're fully transparent and upfront with with what we're all about from day one right so no one gets yeah. into this business and doesn't know you know that um you know, what we're about. And then of course, you know, through the kind of four month sales cycle of selling a franchise, they talk to our franchise development gal and she's incredible. And, you know, she tells the story and then they come here and they meet with our team and they meet with my wife and I for an hour and a half for coffee. And we get to tell them the story and kind of, you know, talk to them about our our values and what are their values. And so there's a lot of that, you know, so everyone gets into this business with eyes wide open. And um, I would, you know, I definitely would say that not everyone you know that is a franchise owner is a believer and that's that's okay um but you know they know what the business is about so i think transparency is you know first and foremost super important on the franchise on the franchise you know b2b side but that's the same thing on the b2c side and that's kind of back to your question about organic you know i think that everyone assumes that when they go to a juice bar that they're serving Mm -hmm. an organic healthy product and they're just not you know like we got to let that sink in for a second like not all juice bar concepts are created equal. They think that just because they're walking into somewhere that claims to be a juice bar that they're getting some something healthy. But one of our competitors, you know, touts a pineapple kale smoothie, and then they put 12 tablespoons of white sugar into yeah. that smoothie, right? So it's like, you know, that just didn't sit right with right. us, you know? Yeah. So what a guest can, you know, understand when they walk into a clean juice is that there is nothing that goes into their product that's not on the menu board, right? One of our core values is transparency. Is the key to trust, uh, number seven. Hmm. Um, <laughs> and you know that's that's a transparency in who we are, but it's also transparency in what we do and why we do it. Um, we want people to get you know the healthiest product possible, and that's why we went as too far as to become certified organic. We didn't have to do that. You know we could yeah. we could source the same materials and we could do. <clears throat> what we're doing, um, without the USDA organic seal behind us. Uh, but we did that. So it just, there's no confusion. Our guests know that when they come in, you know, that 142 of the materials that we ordered to make their products are all certified organic. Right. Um, and we do that so that, you know, there's a deep understanding and a deep level of trust. Right. Um, we don't want to serve a smoothie that we're touting as healthy, but it's really chock full of sugar and it's really not healthy anymore. Yeah. You know, so there's a big question a big answer but hopefully I got some of that in there for you.
0: You know, one of the things that I've seen too, cause I, I'm a huge fan, uh, even before you became a client, <laughs> um, I loved going to various clean juices around town, wherever I was, and we've got one in our building, which is really handy. Yeah, that um, makes it convenient um, for it's, you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's dangerous. Um, <laughs> but you know, from the moment that you walk in there, even the, the kind of people that seem to be manning the, the stations, it's just been a different kind of an experience, almost like when you go into a Chick-fil-A versus someone else. Yeah. You know, there, there's a standard that seems to be different. Um, the products are fantastic, by the way. Uh, the, the Cali wrap is, is my <laughs> new favorite sandwich there. <laughs> and the elderberry juice is like an amazing shot. Um, but talk to me about how do you, especially as a franchise, uh, and as a franchisor, how do you instill that kind of value or service at people that, you know, down on the front line? Yep. Not
1: another big question. Thanks, Gary. Yeah. Uh, we could literally- <laughs> yeah, all, right. all we do are big questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we could literally do an entire podcast around this one question because it's that kind of deep and complex mm-hmm. um and it's evolved over time but it first starts like we're a you know we're as you guys know uh, maybe not all of your listeners know but we're we're a majority uh franchise run model so we have almost 100 locations open 12 of those are, st- are stores that we own called home stores um so you know we're almost you know we're probably going to stick to that kind of 90 percent franchise open to 10 percent corporately and that's a good you know that's a good balance for us Um, but in that it starts with first bringing in the right franchise owners Mm -hmm. right so like as a franchisor we make two really big decisions or help with two big decisions number one who are we partnering with on the franchisee level and then number two where is the retail location going um, so you've, you you get that end result by going all the way back to the beginning of the sales cycle, right? So if we're bringing in incredible franchise partners that understand our model, that understand that it's going to take a lot of hard work of theirs mm-hmm. to create these cultures in their store um, that are fully bought into what it is to, to operate a clean juice, then you're going to get the end result, right? So for us, it starts right there. We believe that if we bring in incredible partners, which, you know, we have for the most part, you know, no one bats a thousand, but sure. you know, we, we really, you know, our franchisees are incredible, um, <clears throat> that you're going to get that end result. And that's what you're seeing, right? Like I, I know the owner of your store uh, personally very, very well, and he runs a tight ship and he, you know, he understands that, you know, for guests to continue to come in, that we have to create that experience, and you know, like you said, I think people are starting to understand that Clean Juice gives a different kind of experience, and we—that's what we want. But now we have a reputation to uphold, right? Like yeah. when you go to Chick Fil A and you say thank you, what are they going to say back, right? They're going to say pleasure. it's my pleasure, right? <laughs> so it's like you have that, like it's just like this ingrained. Hey, they just treat people a little differently over mm-hmm. there. That's what we're—that's what we're building at Clean Juice. And um, you know, we don't have a token tagline, but it's more just how we interact with guests, and we do a lot of training around that. So it's first, who are you bringing in? And then secondly, how are you training them, right? So we do a ton of training when our franchisees come here for our Clean Juice University program. Um, it's a two to three week program. They, they learn a ton about how to communicate with our guests. Um, I actually teach a few classes on that because I want them to hear it from me and my heart and just how important it is to their success. Um, And again, it kind of goes back to the, you know, we're going to do a lot of great things along the way to make a profit, right? Profit's not first, but it's the outcome. Um, If we're treating guests in a really great way and understand that them coming into our business is such a blessing, you know, and they're treated well and then they come back, that's great. That's what we want, right? But, you know, we're not doing it just to make money. We're doing it because we believe in, you know, serving them the best quality product in the best way.
0: You know, your Clean Juice University, that was one of the things, especially as we got to know you better, that I thought was a big differentiator. Yep. And, and you said it's a two to three week yep. immersion, right? Yep. Can you talk a little bit more
1: about like what all you cover in that and, and yeah. what that experience is like? Sure. So there's basically two tracks. There's a new franchise owner track and then there's a general manager track. Um, so, every single general manager that runs and operates the store has come through our Clean Juice University program or is about to. Um, sometimes, you know, if there's a GM turnover, the new GM hasn't come through yet. But anyway, the requirement is that everyone comes through at some point. And if they're new, they have to come in within 30 days of, of being offered the general manager position, even at a franchisee level store, right? So again, it starts with the leader, right? We want leaders to come in and we want to get them trained on not just what we serve, but how we serve it and why we serve it, you know? It's mm. it's really important to talk about those things so then they they have more of an understanding and, and a, you know, an owner's mentality of what this brand represents. We tell everyone that comes in, hey, you're an owner of the brand, right? If you're working at Clean Juice, even if you're a juicerista, you're an owner of the brand. We talk about, you know, the fact that everyone that works at Clean Juice is of equal significance because without everyone we don't, you know, this this business doesn't turn, you know? So um, we we go into that, we go into, of course, how to make every single product. We put them in the store and we put them with our best trainers and, you know, our, our best, you know, guest experience operators. And um, we show them what it's like to, you know, to work with a guest that's happy, what it's like to work with a guest that's <laughs> not happy with us and how to handle that. And so we, I mean, we we teach them everything. You know, we teach them, of course, all the basic ordering and labor and, you know, how to schedule folks and how to interview. And I mean, I mean, like, when people leave here, they have a full understanding of how to run the business. They may not, you know, there's a lot we teach them. They're probably going to, you know, maybe hopefully remember half, but, you know, we give them all the (laughs) manuals and stuff so they can refer back to it. And then we send out trainers to their store, too. So that's part of it. So not only do they come here to, um, get fully immersed in the culture and and what we do but then we send our culture out to them you know we send our incredible trainers out to them for a couple weeks once they get their store open and operating um so that you know we can make sure at a home office level that every store you know looks feels you know interacts with the guests all in the right way because that's what a unified brand does so I, i want to piggyback off that a
2: little bit because as you're getting into triple digits for locations having control of the customer experience or the guest experience um, becomes more and more difficult, right? It's easier when you have five locations and mm-hmm. I mean, you could go out to each store if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. What are you doing to ensure that as you continue to grow at such a fast rate that those things don't slip through the cracks on, on the front lines, right? The, the general managers, the owners, they can come in and, and that's part of the process. But how do you make sure that, that the front lines are staying as high quality and to your
1: brand and values as what you want as you grow. So you said a word that's, you know, it's it's a very tough word if people think that they can do this thing in business that they're gonna win and that's control, mm-hmm. right? Like, I have no control, personally, yeah. right, around what goes on in the store because we have almost 100 stores, right? So like. I haven't even been to all of our stores. I've maybe been to, th- you know, three quarters of okay. yeah. um So I, ha- I personally have no control because I have no control over people, mm-hmm. right? People are who they are mm-hmm. and they're going right. to act, you know, in a way that they act. So, you know, for me, it's first like understanding that, you know, and like, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, being somebody who wants to control things, like I have to always remember myself, you know, you're not in control. He is, right? Like, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I just have to trust that we are, our systems are right, you know that we're that we have you know the right training that we have that we're bringing in the right owners that we've selected the right location that our processes are are correct and good and if they're not that we're that we're going to improve them, um, but from like a you know from like an audit perspective and from a, a cult, uh, coaching perspective we do have field folks right so field uh, business consultants and that's literally what they're called um, who go around to every single store. Um, You know at least quarterly if not a couple times a quarter to ensure that the guest experience is right to ensure that the brand is you know that their store is of brand standard um, to ensure that they're ordering from the right vendors and you know there's a whole massive list of things that they're checking but they're not just there to police and audit they're there to coach right they're there to Mm -hmm. be a consultant so consultants first of course they have to come in and audit your business to give you some good advice on what you're doing right any good consultant would do that like you know you would never come in here and say hey you need to do all these things without first asking me a lot of questions around Mm -hmm. what we do like you got to learn um about the business so first they go in and they learn and they make sure that you know the business is operating of standard and then they give a lot of uh, coaching and consulting on how to, how to improve the business. So, you know, we haven't had any major issues, which is, is great. You know, there's of course always little issues every day in any business. And if, if you're not, you should, you know, if you're not having issues, you should get that guy on this podcast (laughs) and hear about how he doesn't have issues every day. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's first, you know, for me letting go of the control and trusting in the process. And then, you know, just trusting that I have good folks out there who are, you know, doing what they say that they're going to do and following, you know, Following our, our standards. And, you know, um, for me, that helps me uh, sleep a little bit better at night. Yeah. That,
2: and that's such an interesting point, right? I use the word control just in a normal yeah. question, um, and you don't think of it. And I typically don't hear what you just said. Right, most business owners—it's all about control. Right, well, this, is,
1: this is anything but
2: typical. You got right? it. That's right. <laughs> got it. That's right. That's, you're that's why you're on podcast. the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, it's such a great point, and I think it's a huge lesson that hopefully people can can take away from this—that you don't have control over people, and and if once you accept that, and you can just
1: become your real, authentic self, then you can let go of the things that you can't control. Imagine the burden I would have to carry if I believed that I could control the. 1500 to 2000 people right. that work at clean juice right think about that yeah right like <laughs> i couldn't like I, I, I couldn't carry that like it's just you know no but nobody should or can right we can't control people we can help with process we can coach we can coach our team to then coach their team and you know there's a lot that we can do there but we can't control anybody you know one of the things about control i, I had a coach that told me
0: a long long time ago she said gary you can control two things in your life your attitude and your effort. Boom. That's it. Yep. Yep. And and it it really kind of boils down to that, but in a business, so you can control your why and identify that. You can control your effort in communication and systems. And I think that is a, a point that you guys have touched on a little bit, but companies that fail to scale if you look back at it, it comes down to how's the leader leading, but also systems. Yep. It's not repeatable systems. Typically, all roads lead to that leader, yep. which gets heavier.
1: It's almost <laughs> like a tractor pull. When that yeah. weight starts going over that axle, it, right. it can't go any further. Right. They have the uh, the comb org chart, right, where there's literally one person at the top, and every single little person on the comb reports to that person, right? <laughs> exactly. it's like, it just doesn't work. No. You know? no. And it, it can work to a certain point, but... After that, it's like you can't you can't scale if you're trying to no, control the, everybody. The
2: owner becomes the keystone in the business, right? right? You take the owner away, and everything falls apart. That's right. So <clears throat> those systems that you have in place allow you to relinquish that quote unquote control because it's not really there in the first place, right? So let's let's dive into vision, right? We've talked about the growth, we've talked about some values. You're you're getting to the the hundred mark for locations. When in 2014, when you were on that year-long journey of branding Clean Juice, mm-hmm. what was uh, your and
1: Kat's vision for <laughs> Clean Juice? So I laughed because our, our our vision was we wanted to open the first one, and we just prayed that it was successful. And you know we it was um, obviously, but you know our big goal, our big hairy <laughs> audacious goal, is that in five years, which is basically where we're at right now. Uh, we wanted to have ten stores. That was wow. our that was our big goal, and we're like, man, if we could do, you know, ten stores in five years, we would just, you know, be be super blessed. And then it's like, you know, for us, you know, it's like, you know, we plan, and then God laughs, right? And he's like, okay, let's, you know, I'll show you what I can do, right? Because that's really he's doing it through us, you know. So he's like, okay, you say ten, I'm gonna do ten times that, you know. So it's amazing. Um, it it is amazing, and you know, it's kind of back to to building the brand, which is. You know ultimately to glorify him um cat and i you know we we, we feel you know the, like we're servants in that and that's that's what we that's what we love and so so the fact that i can tell this and tell that story you know is uh it makes, brings me a lot of joy
2: yeah and, and part of impact or i mean part of vision is is typically impact right so yeah. you had hey five years from now we want 10 stores and that's Kind of the destination goal but but along the way the impact that you have on the journey what did that look like in your in your mind prior to the first store opening
1: um prior to the first store opening it was you know we and it really honestly hasn't changed much like the goal is we want to make a positive impact on the community that we serve and that's Mm -hmm. still that's still part of our vision it's like literally part of our vision statement like we believe that our brand is doing anything but typical right our brand is (laughs) has brought a you know something that's truly healthy and organic and clean to an industry where there's a lot of confusion. So our our vision is to become you know the number one global player in what we do, but we never want to lose sight of of, wh- of why we do what we do, and that's to impact communities, and that's the second part of our vision statement. Um, so you know if we're only focused on the top part and growth and lose sight of the bottom part, we've lost. Like our our vision is to improve people's lives, right? Our vision is. You know, our mission is that we want to help people. We want to help people from a diet perspective. You know, we want people to come to Clean Juice and leave in a better place um, than when they came in, not just because they got an incredible product, but because we loved on them and served mm-hmm. them in a great way along the way, and they just felt something different, mm-hmm. um, and then they make us a part of their routine, you know. So yeah. it all kind of plays in together, um, but when we first started, we actually we uh, didn't even – you know really know much about franchising let alone thought that we were going to franchise clean juice so the vision first was you know we're just going to own 10 stores ourselves um, well we've done that you know we do we own 12 you now you have done that you yeah. just can factor in the other <laughs> the 90 franchise. Right. yeah exactly <laughs> um, you know but through a lot of kind of research around growth and you know how we wanted to scale uh, we found that franchising was an incredible model again if done right um and uh you know, that's how we've gotten to, to where we're at. But, you know, we could talk a lot about kind of that path and that decision, but, um, you know, the vision was 10 and we're at a hundred and, uh, we're certainly not slowing down. I, I'm
2: going to take us down a rabbit hole for a little bit. We'll get back to the clean juice and, and the business. Um, but the podcast, Be Organic, Yeah, one of the things you mentioned in your last answer was about the confusion around yes. uh, everything in this, right, with with organic food, with eating healthy and living a nutrition life, things like that. Is that where the, the goal to start the podcast came from, of just creating content
1: to provide clarity? Part of it, okay. yes, absolutely, 100%. Um, you know, I would say part of it because, like, we don't feel like anybody in our space has been truly kind of deemed the thought leader around what the what the product offers so we think there's a huge content piece to it we think there's a huge educational piece to it and you know again we believe that what we're doing is you know um i hate to say better or above or, or the best but it's 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 true to what we wanted to serve and so we just felt like there was no one out there doing that and we wanted to talk a lot about it right why organic um what does that do for you and then bringing in different health experts around you know different you know parts of the body and, you know, different ways that your diet and your lifestyle all can have a different effect on, on your, you know, your, your mental health, your spiritual health and all these different mm. things. So, you know, there's a ton of content that we can deliver out there. And we feel like the brand is now kind of built this platform where people want more and we want to educate more around what we do and why we do it. And um, you know, it's just an incredible way to, uh, to reach folks. Um, podcasts, as you know, they've, you know, super popular becoming more and more popular and we felt like there was a big opportunity there to just really help people, you know, improve their lives. Right. Going back to the mission. You know, how can we bring on, you know, really incredible guests to talk about different ways and different thoughts um, to to improve lives? And that's that's the goal.
2: Yeah. And, and for anybody that hasn't heard the podcast yet, and it's called Be Organic. That's right. Um, it's very tangible. Right. Yes. So when you listen you're taking things away, right. right? The the most recent one that I've listened to that'll obviously be different by the time this comes out yeah, yeah. was about gut health. Yes, and and there mm. were, I, I'm in that world a lot. Like I'm really interested in in fitness, nutrition, health, things like that. But there were key takeaways that I'd never heard before, and yeah. it's nice to have content and a podcast that you guys are providing that's educating and informing people to live a better version or healthier version of their lives.
1: Absolutely. So, yeah, you know that that's a really great point. We didn't want to bring on guests who just like overcomplicated it, and I mean because they mm. could. I mean they're super smart mm-hmm. doctors, yeah. and they have you know they have clinical uh, reasons why they do certain things. But you know we wanted our our listeners to have something that they could definitely take away. So I, I appreciate the plug. <laughs> yeah. um, and you know our you were referring to Doctor Will Cole, um, right. who talked about the gut, and he's um, you know he's just a um, an incredible guy. Uh, super smart. And if you, you know, if you don't know about, you know, how your gut affects your overall health, you got to listen to that podcast because, you know, it's it's probably the biggest, you know, medical um, epiphany over the last thirty or forty years is that, you know, your gut is like basically your 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 nutritional brain in mm-hmm. your body, right? Like, it, you think about it, you pro- when you when you eat food, your gut processes processes your food, right? right. And if your gut's off everything gets thrown off so yeah really good stuff in there and and like you
2: said it's it's in terms that people can understand yes so people don't need to be intimidated no about about everything going over their head that's right it's going to be at everybody's level where everyone's going to be able to take something away so i I love what you're doing with it thank you i really appreciate that i told you i was going to take us down a rabbit yeah yeah no that was great (laughs) but but it kind of fit with with the vision and the impact that that you guys have so um Gary, you can dive into the next. I know you're, you've are you got a couple things on your mind, so go for it.
0: Yeah, so um, how are you guys promoting your podcast? I'm just curious about that. And like, okay. How
1: are you getting that word out? Yep, so uh, a lot of it's through social media. Um, we have probably a quarter of a million guests who have given us their email address, right? Wow. So. Um, that was a you know big email went out and every time we have a new guest and a new episode we're gonna send an email to our guests about it. Um, I'm doing some promotion on it uh, on LinkedIn um, and just you know different ways like that. But you know all the kind of traditional things and you know it's crazy. We just launched it. You know today we're sitting here February 26th. We just launched it on Monday and we're like the number five in nutrition. You know really? already, which is pretty yeah. cool. Um, people just you know they I think they. They wanna hear um, what the brand has to say, and uh, they wanna hear from our guests, and they're interested, which is, you know, it's pretty cool, and to me it's it's making an impact, and that's that's what's most important. I think you guys are doing a really great job on social media, quite frankly. Thank and you. Um,
0: it's interesting, too, because of the mix of franchisees versus the company-owned stores, and yet I see a lot of, you know, con- continuity and congruity across all of your various stores quail corners is one that's close to me which is interesting too because i think if i'm not mistaken that franchisee was a chick-fil-a guy so that that did not surprise me at all based on the vibe when i go in there and quite frankly across many of of your your stores but then i was also really surprised when i saw mike mcafee down at plantation (laughs) I'm like I used to work with him when I was at BizJournals.com. No way, That's no awesome. kidding! And I love
1: Mike; he's yeah. such a good guy. <laughs> so,
0: but but even you know he's doing a great job on social media as well. So, um, how are you guys even propagating that continuity? Because it's one thing to control it from the corporate office, yep. but then to get franchisees, which not all of them are social media moguls, right? right? and mm-hmm. not all of them are 35 or younger either, <laughs> That's right? right? So how, do, how are you guys doing that?
1: Well, I think it starts with kind of the, the brand having a really good social following, and we do. You know, I think we have 175,000 followers on Instagram. Clean Juice, the, the main account does, um, just that account. And then, you know, we actually, it's funny, we really grappled with, hey, do we give every store their own account or does do we just have one kind of solid unified brand? And, uh, you know, we went back and forth. And, you know, if I'm being totally honest, the reason why we didn't do it initially was because of fear, right? Mm. So we made that decision out of fear. And I think, you know, anytime I can look back at my life and I've made decision out of fear, um, it was probably the wrong decision. So Mm. we have then gone and, you know, back in 2017, we decided, hey, we're gonna give every store the ability to have their own social account. Why? goes back to our mission, right? Mm-hmm. We wanna if we want to truly impact a community, but we're only posting from our big global account. Yeah. How are people, you know, in Southern California gonna know that the your Belinda store has just opened and, you know, their really, really cool story? How are they gonna hear that, right? They're gonna hear it from from that store's right. social account. So, um, you know, back to your question, we don't, you know, we do have a lot of folks who have never had social media or don't really understand it. Uh, if they don't, that's fine. We help them with that. So we have, you know, they can pull assets from from our Smug Mug account. Um, we train them on how to, you know, run social media. So a big part of back to our mm. C J U training, right, going back to training, is a big part of that's marketing. You know, how do they how do they market? How do they use social? And if they just like basically like say to us, "Hey guys, like, we we want to do it. We just don't know how. We can't. We'll do it for them." Well, that goes back to
0: kind of systems yep. as well. Yep. But it also goes back to hiring the right people from the get go. From the get go. Because in yep. uh, every organization, management sets the tone. Yep. What they allow, what they don't allow, mm-hmm. what they tolerate, what they don't tolerate, how they behave versus just what they say. Yep. Trickles down throughout the organization. So it starts with you and Kat, but then each one of those franchisees. So talk to me about, so we talked a little bit earlier about core values. Yeah. And it's not necessarily a litmus test, I guess, you know, and, um, but talk to me about how do you talk about core values? How do you judge whether somebody is going to fit or not? And, and where's the line? Like, how do you know? to take it beyond just words, but actions that you cross this line and you're not probably the right person for us yep. in
1: this organization. So kind of back to how it all starts, right? We send the franchise overview report to potential franchisees who want to come into the system first page, you know, they're going to say, Hey, this is our clean juice franchise overview report. Literally page one is these are our core values, right? So please mm-hmm. read through them, you know, and like setting the tone from there. Um, we talk about them you know and when when they come in here to, to meet with us and of course our Franchise development VP, Stace, she, she does a really good job of this. But it's all about their why, you know, like if yeah. they come here and say, oh, I just want to make an investment and I'm, I'm doing air quotes, you know, and I just want to <laughs> do this to make money, they're probably not going to be great franchise owners, right? right? Like their, their why is, is all financially driven. And like we want that. Like we want our store owners to want to make money because sure. that's, you know, again, back to the whole profit is good thing. That's how we support our families. That's how we keep the lights on. That's <laughs> how we keep serving our guests. Um But if that's the only reason why they're doing it, they're they're probably not going to do a great job, and so it's back to their why. Hey, why do you want to do this? You know, the first thing that I want to hear is I believe that you know I believe in the brand, I believe that you know in what the brand does and what it stands for, and I believe that you know if I open a clean juice in my community, that my community will be better for it. You know, and so those are the things that we want to hear because that's going back to a, a deeper why, right? And so really, that's where it all starts. And then when it comes down to really like really talking about our core values Um, when they come to our clean juice university training program at 8 30 a.m on monday morning the first presentation that they're going to hear is from me on our core values right so again it's not just you know values that we put up on the wall and then never talk about again they're like the first in everything that we do and then they're you know they're in every single store and you know we train our general managers hey This week, we're all going to focus on, you know, core value number four, invite feedback, rely on open and honest communication and what that means to you, you know. So, like, we're really intentional about talking about them, about training around them, about coaching around them, uh, terminating an employee around our core values, right? Like, they're just in every piece of the business, or at least I, I want them to be, and we're doing everything that we can to make sure that they are. Well, what, what gets
2: done and what gets focused on is what gets talked about and put an emphasis on. That's right. Good. And yep. and everything that, that you've said throughout this whole podcast always has gone back to the core values and sticking to what's most important in your heart and, and in your guys' vision. Yep. And so you can see that, that it goes through and you're picking the right people based off of that. Yep. So that makes sense. Yeah. Um I want to hop back a little bit, we had talked to you said at the beginning, uh, that working with family was hard, right? Well, now you (laughs) and Kat are running a pretty large successful business together. Talk through a little bit because there are lots of people out there that they they have that desire to to start a business with a spouse or or a sibling or something like that. What are some of the trials tribulations that you guys have had? And Mm -hmm. and what are some of the,
1: the things you've learned along the way? So back when I was, you know, in high school and college, like, you know, it was all about me, right? It was, you know, big ego. What am I doing? You know, it's all about, you know, focused on on self. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that business is, you know, with a spouse can be very hard if we're very focused on what, you know, how it benefits us personally, right? Mm -hmm. So like, as soon as I stopped being selfish or, you know, just had an understanding of that and, you know, was kind of cognizant to it, um, that's when it got a lot easier, right? So like, if I thought something was the right way, before you know i would it would be very hard to convince me otherwise but now it's like you know if you're open to others opinions and if you're kind of more open to to learning and listening you know and you take self out of it and you're going to get better because of it right so Mm -hmm. it's like you know with kat she we had never we had never worked together before like we had never she had actually you know before clean juice she had never really even had a, a typical job you know like this is her first thing and what's incredible is that you know, in working with her, I have seen her, you know, just do things like, you know, lead and just like, I've seen this whole different part of her that I never knew before. Mm-hmm. So it was like, it, it was so cool to see that. Um, you know, I'm like, kind of having like proud husband moment here. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, you get to know, I'd say one of the benefits is that you get to know your spouse and or your loved one in a different way. You know, husband and wife are you know they have the husband and wife relationship but now we have the business partner relationship and to see her manage um and work through her business and to bring you know her kind of vision and brand into it and you know the way that she works with and loves on people it's just to me it's like I had never seen this certain side of her so it's been super rewarding in uh from that aspect that's powerful yeah that's I really like that um but it's hard when, you know, as leaders, we think it's all about us. And I've been mm-hmm. there before, right? So it can be very challenging, um, you know. And it's like, at the end of the day, there has to be one person that ultimately has the say and is in charge, right? Like, if we're split on a decision, you know, it's like it's ultimately up to the CEO to make a decision, right? right. Um, and so I, there has to be that. Like, I hate when a company has co-CEOs. It's like, okay, who's really in charge here, you know? It's so... I believe that it has to. There has to be one that's ultimately in charge, um, but you know, I I don't I don't make any decisions unless you know I'm coached by my team. You know, by by the people around me who I trust and love, and um, you know, it's 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 not about what I want. It's what I think is best for the brand.
0: Yeah. So speaking of coaching, mm-hmm.
1: I know that you're part of a
0: peer-to-peer group called Vistage, right? Mm-hmm. So. One of the things that I always admire about authentic leaders that I've seen across decades now, they're teachable and coachable and oftentimes they seek out wisdom from somebody else besides being the great man or great woman at the center of the universe. Talk to me about what was it that compelled you to go to a peer-to-peer or a um, you know round table like that where you're
1: actually learning from other people in the same kind of boat my goal every day is that I become a little bit better than who I was yesterday and you know if I'm comparing myself to someone it's who I was you know last week and so you know new in a kind of I say new you know it's we've been doing this now for almost six years Um, but you know newer in a leadership role and now the CEO of of many, many employees, um, I just want to get better, you know, like I know that I'm not the best, I know that I have things that I need to work on that I that aren't even aware to me right now, you know, so I think that when you're able to put yourself in a room with a bunch of people who are, you know, really smart, definitely smarter than me, you know, that you can learn a lot from them. And, you know, like, I don't want to just learn how to do things better I want to learn how to lead better right like I want Mm -hmm. to bring things to my team that's going to make them better and ultimately make this company better and that that's my desire you know like I just want I just want people to around me to get better I want to get better and I think that's really the ultimate goal and you know pulling it back to our core values you know core value number 10 um, is literally we're not stopping here we're starting here and that's in every single Mm -hmm. day value and it's like hey you know we realize that we're not perfect we realize that Um, You know, we're going to make mistakes. We realize that we're going to learn from them and try to not make those mistakes again and just get better along the way. And, you know, for me, it's just about, you know, personal development so that I can, you know, use the position that I'm in to make, you know, everyone around me a little bit better. So you talk, you talk a lot, right, not just right here, but on your
2: podcast and other things, too of surrounding yourself with people who are smarter than you or better at different things than you yeah Uh, where did that come from because that's that's a superpower when it comes to business right because so many people the ego gets in the way and they want to be the one that's the smartest person in the room so where'd that come from and how has that made you
1: a better leader well first of all if i'm the smartest guy in the room i'm definitely in the wrong room (laughs) right so it's like You know, I just want to be around folks who have more experience than me, um, who have, you know, done things better than me. Like, I want to learn from them. Like, I just, you know, I think it comes back to, like, you know, before I was a Christian, I was very focused on self and ego and all of that. And then since I'm, you you know, since I was you know, saved six years ago is just like, I just have a different perspective on life. Like I just want to, you know, be the best guy that I can be the best person, the best coach so that I can make folks around me better. And I think that's really where it comes from. Like I just, you know, I want to, you know, be a good leader, but I don't want to be a good leader because I want to be known as a good leader. I want to be a good leader because I care so much and love about these folks that work for me. And I want them to be really, really great at what they do, you mm-hmm. know. And ultimately, it almost goes back to like kind of the conversation around um, in the store. Like, we don't want to do, you know, really good just to make money. That's an outcome, right? It's yeah. like, you know, I want to do good because I think it's the right thing to do. But the outcome is that this team is going to be incredible, and that the brand is going to, you know, um, improve from it, right? Yeah. So it's like, I think when when you have that mindset, everyone kind of wins in that, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, so you know, I. Um, totally fine saying i'm not the smartest guy in the room i'm not i know i'm not the smartest guy in this room right now um and i'm cool with that you know i'm learning from you guys and you guys have a lot to offer me and hopefully i have something to offer you and i think if we all have that mindset um that you know we take the ego out of it we can you know we can improve our lives you know just the three of us sitting in this room together yeah and it's
2: vice versa too right nobody is ever the smartest in the room at everything that's but right. everybody has something to add yeah 100 and if you can find the value that other people have and those are your blind spots or your weaknesses that makes you more whole percent. Right? so you can then lead the company and love on people and give your guests a better experience because you're surrounding yourself with those types of people
1: yeah and i you know i just would kind of you know to put a bow on this i would just say that the more closed off you are from others opinions the more probably likely you are to fail, you know what I mean? Like mm. the more closed off you are from taking feedback, you know, like if you're only ever gonna think one way and never be open to others' feedback, you're never gonna grow, mm. you know what I mean? Like you're just, if you're always in that defensive mode and you know, you're always you know doing this certain thing, like you're, you're just never gonna get better, right? So it's like, if we're just let it all out in the beginning, right, super vulnerable, you know, I think vulnerability creates speed. Right. And then, you know, because there's no roadblocks anymore. It's just a smooth, smooth highway. Right. So that speed then creates, you know, hopefully success in business and, you know, personal lives and and whatnot. You know that you you brought a point that I think is so powerful and it's almost
0: countercultural in in some regards. But when I think back through the last 30 plus years of. Working with CEOs and observing, and working with some really great ones and some really bad ones, the humility factor is very high in the best ones, which I think is really interesting too. You know that whole there's there's that term servant leader, and it can be kind of cliche, but I want to see how you actually behave. I want to see, and and it gets down to your why. Mm -hmm. But when you really take that posture of, I'm here to bring whatever I have to this stone soup, but I ain't mm-hmm. the only one that's contributing to this soup, yep. that first of all, it's fun. Secondly, um, we, we continue to grow and we do have an impact and there's a ripple effect that does happen in the lives of the people that we serve but it also ripples down into our communities. And you talked about Charlotte. I mean, that's one of the things. None of us in this room are originally from right. Charlotte.
1: That's right. <laughs> and Along most with of, most of the city. Most of yeah, Charlotte exactly. is not originally
0: from Charlotte. <laughs> and thank you to the native Charlotteans who have shared your beautiful city. You members. guys are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that is what I, I long to see. Um, I want to see a more connected community yeah. of people that are truly humble, and longing to serve because it does have a ripple effect and it makes the community stronger. That's right. And um, as you franchise, it goes beyond Charlotte, North Carolina. Yep. Uh, But it does start at the top. So I really appreciate... Uh, that posture that you have it's not a manufactured thing it's a real thing yeah. that was what drew me to you when we first started meeting yeah. um, and I really appreciate that so thank you for leading by example in that in that direction one other thing that I wanted to touch on that I think is really interesting so you were talking about BHAG, right very yeah. audacious goal. Your goal was not very different from what Subway's was when they first started. I think their goal was to have like 32 stores. That yep. was their HEG. Then it was, I think, 5,000 stores. <laughs> well, that was a huge shift, yeah. and it and it took them into a franchising model because just the capex required to do 5,000 stores. Hey, something's going to have to change. And yep. then it they eclipsed that, and you know, then it was global and a number of things. What's what's next? I mean, like if you're going to shoot a line out there and say, let's dream beyond 10 stores,
1: which you've <laughs> tenfolded that right. one. What is next? Um, so our very first goal was 10 in five years, right? And then when we started franchising, we just saw that there was so much interest. You know, people were like, I really want to do this. This is great. This is different. It's, um, you know, it's not... Really new, like juice bars have been around for a long time. It's just a, yeah. you know, a different way to do it, and it's more, I think, modernized and what people really want. You know, people are concerned and care about what goes into their food. So it's, you know, it's it's really playing into a lot of, um, you know, shifts in the way that we, we're thinking about how we eat. Um, but you know, our goal once we started franchising is go like, oh, ten in five years. What if we do five hundred in five years? You know, it was like this is a massive goal, and it was just kind of thrown out there, but. Uh, That's clearly not going to happen. You know, we're very happy with where we're at. Um, For me, it's less of a focus on the number and it's Mm. more of a focus on, you know, doing, again, kind of bringing in the right partners, finding the right real estate, back to the process. Um, I have set up this team to basically do anywhere from 30 to 50 stores a year. And I think that we have a lot of runway in that. I think that, you know, Clean Juice could easily be a thousand unit brand across the country. Um, So what's nice is that, you know, we know what we can do here. And I could, you know, I could scale up the team or scale it down. Like I just, you know, I, I, I believe that we have a really kind of solid core right now. And I love kind of the trajectory that we're on. You know, I think that sometimes... Um, brands can open too many too quickly and yeah. there's some fear there, yeah. right? Like you're right. going to miss back out on the front part of the process and bringing in the right people. And, you know, you're going to say, ah, eh, let's, yeah, we'll do them. We'll give them a franchise, but eh, we're iffy about them. You know, like we don't, we don't ever do that. You know, <clears throat> if if you're awarded a clean-use franchise because we're all fully supportive and behind that decision, you know? so. Um, growth is important where we believe that in our process we can continue to grow. And I would say that, you know, we'll open anywhere from 30 to 50, you know, stores a year for the next, you know, at least 10 to 20 years. So. Interesting. Yep. We're, we're getting to the end here. Okay. and And I've got,
2: I've got one more thing. Well, that's not true. I've, I could sit here and talk to you <laughs> for hours about this, but I've got one more I want to make sure we hit on today. Uh, your brand has so much to do with health, right? And, mm-hmm. and you, and your story also has a lot to do with mental health as well yep. and, and making sure that you can be vulnerable, transparent. So you, you kind of cover different aspects of it, the mental, the the emotional, the, the physical health uh, factors. How does that factor into being a business leader, right? So you and Kat live very healthy lives. We try. <laughs> right, I mean, nobody's gonna be perfect, yeah. right? But, but still, how has that had an impact on you as a leader and, and running
1: a business? It's funny, if I'm being super vulnerable and honest, it's probably one of the areas that I struggle in the most. Like when I was when I was, when we opened our first store, I was the, you know, general manager or franchise owner, whatever you want to call it, like I was the owner operator. And in that, that was a very physical job, right? So like, I was on my feet all day and, you know, making juice on our big juicer out there that you saw (laughs) coming in. Um, You know, I was you know running around serving guests cleaning the store, just like it's a very kind of I wouldn't say laborious, because it's not super physically you know laborious but you're you're moving around you're a not lot. sitting at a desk yeah. for eight hours now that we've professionalized the business and you know we have this corporate team now of 30 folks and you know it's a lot more kind of sitting and meetings and mm-hmm. you know so it, it's really hard honestly it's very challenging um one thing that we've done uh is that we've just launched a catering program right so like for offices who do a lot of catering you know, let's not continue to do the the subs, right? Like we can cater in, you know, uh, our wraps and our green bowls and all that kind of stuff. So we're we're providing that. Um, I think for any leader, like everyone says, I don't have enough time. It's like we all have the same exact amount of time. It's just how it's used. So if you're spending... 12 hours a day at work and not doing anything else like that's how you're choosing to spend your time right and i i i can struggle with that like i can get so overwhelmed with kind of what i'm focused on that you know i can lose sight of some of the things that you know are more um uh personally that i need to do you know so it's just it's creating that space and creating that that you know, that time to go and do it and just being really intentional, you know, like if we're not intentionally planning our workouts and you know, how we're going to eat, we're just going to, you know, grab the donut or whatever, you know, on the way out and, you know, miss a workout and, and it really can snowball. And it has for me, like at times, you know, and so I'm very cognizant of that. Yep. And, um, you know, I'm definitely not perfect there. Um, I certainly have improvements to make, um, but I'm aware and I know that, you know, it's an area that I, right. that I always need to focus on. Cause if I'm not, It's just going to fall by the wayside. Yeah. No, that's perfect. How many kids do you have now? Well, let me count. One, two. (laughs) We have five. (laughs) All right. So five kids. Yep.
0: You're juggling a growing store, I mean, a a company, not just a store, stores and a company. (laughs) Five kids, a wife, managing workouts and that sort of thing, and... and, uh, you know i think it is priority management not time management right cuz we yep. all have the same amount of time 100% um, so i appreciate what you're you're doing on that um, how do you make sure that the kids feel like yeah the the, the company isn't overwhelming the priority
1: versus it's, it's not spilling over right yeah. how do you how do you manage that i manage it i think if I'm doing it in the you know the best way that I know how, it's that I'm being super present in whatever I'm doing. You know, like like right now I'm being super present with you guys because I I agreed to do this and I care a lot about this and I'm, I feel very appreciative that you asked me to do this podcast. And so I'm very intentional about being present with you. But when you guys are gone, I'm super intentional about thinking about the next thing, right? And when I get I home, it. I'm super intentional about you know doing whatever it is that my kids are asking me to do, you know? So I think it's just like, it, it's less about the um, quantity of time that we're doing things, and it's more about how intentional we are in that thing. So like, you know, if my son is sitting there pulling on my pant leg and he's saying, hey, let's go swing outside, and I'm writing, you know, my you know 108th email of the day, you know, I'm probably not doing a good job, and I've been there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I just have, again, an a, an awakening to that, an understanding of that, and when I'm doing something, I just try to be all in in that moment, and then um, you know I can. That that really helps me to you know manage my time well or manage my activity. That. Perfect. Well. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think that's a, a great way to wrap this up. Yeah. We'll let you go be present on, on the next <laughs> yeah. task. But thank you so much. I for won't be thinking time. about you guys again. No. No, all right. <laughs> thank you so much, Landon. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. It's good having you.